the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, Pastor, doesn't science disprove the Bible? Isn't Genesis just a fairy tale? Is God for real? Did he really create everything in six literal days? Didn't God just use the Big Bang? Why is there death and suffering? really believe the Bible? Didn't man evolve from apes? For answers to these questions and more, stand by for Believing the Bible. Welcome to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Dr. Daniel Harris, Dr. Carl Williams, and our producer, Ed Salzadel, all directors at the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association. We are here to reassure you you can believe the Bible from the very first verse. Today, we're going to be talking about day four of creation, and I'm going to kick that off by just reading from the scriptures in the ESV version, starting with Genesis 1:14. And God said, let there be lights in the expanse. The ESV uses expanse, whereas... NIV uses vault there, and King James uses firmament. That's because I believe they were influenced by the Alexandrian idea of a solid sky. Expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens and to give light upon earth. And it was so. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, which we call the sun, and the lesser light to rule the night, the moon. He made the stars also, and that's a powerful statement, a little phrase. And God set them in the expanse of heaven to give light on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. So we have what the Bible tells us about the formation of heaven. The first question people ask is, well, wait a minute, if the sun, moon, stars, everything was not created until day four, how is there light on day one? Carl, I'll kick that one to you. Well, if we look in Revelation, we find the answer. We go from the front of the book to the back of the book, and we find that the new heavens and new earth no longer needs the sun, moon, and stars to provide light. And it says, so in chapter 21, verse 23, and the city has no no need of the sun or of the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God has illuminated it, and its lamp is the Lamb. So we have here the same source of light that was on day one. When God said, let there be light, he provided it. There was no need for the sun or moon at that point. So the definition of day and night is from the rotation of the earth. From the viewpoint on the earth, one side sees the illumination of God, the light that he produces, and the other side does not at that moment. So as the earth rotates on a 24-hour cycle, we have the day and night, which is described at the end of the description of day one, and there was evening and morning one day. So we have the day and night there produced by God, producing the light, and by the rotation of the earth, producing the separation of day and night. So from a biblical worldview, we do have the invention of the electromagnetic light on day one uh, at the original creation. But that source at that point is God and not the sun, moon, and stars which is revealed here in Scripture to have occurred on day four. Folks, is this different from the order of the evolutionary theory? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Because according to evolutionary theory, the sun and other stars
stars should have eventuated millions and billions of years before the earth ever came onto the scene. And so it's contrary in terms of the two orders. This set of scripture does tie our measurements of days, months, years, and seas of the heaven. It's interesting. What is our month? Our month is based on the four weeks where the, the moon becomes full and then waxes and wanes. So we have a full moon, then we have no moon. So that is the definition of a, a lunar month. Based upon a lunar cycle, our years are the transit of the earth all the way around the sun each year for one time. Our days are the revolution of the earth, one complete revolution, etc. And we have seasons. What the scripture is saying is God placed us here. He meant this to be. He meant this to be. And it was good. And it was good. One of the things that I've noticed in some of this archaeological digs that people have done is they've been using the stars and they've been using the sun for the measurement of time more than probably some of us even thought about initially but it goes back several hundred years to several thousand years that they're using it as a reference a time reference on a continuing basis yes the archaeology has found stone circles that were used for astronomical reckoning that allowed the people to know when to plant i have a cartoon in my collection that shows this guy with a cart full of produce passing by the the stonehenge and the priests call out to him want to know what time it is <laughs> you are That's listening good. to believing the bible this is scott lane with dr daniel harris dr carl williams and ed salzadel if you would like to learn more go to sabsa.org that is s-a-b-b-s-a.org we're talking today about the fourth day of creation and i think what dr harris brings out about the use of stonehenge and various other places there's a temple in mexico that my wife and i saw in one of the tours we did there which was built not nearly as elaborately as the stonehenge but had segments of it built to see the stars at various times of the year so that at certain times of the year a star or the moon would project through holes in the wall to give the prediction of seasons. Mm -hmm. So the building was built as a calendar, so to speak. So this was by the, I forget now whether it's Aztec or Mayan, but anyway, one of the early cultures of Mexico. But they were doing exactly what Scripture says. They were tying Using the his. heavens to our clocks and calendar. Absolutely. First Corinthians fifteen forty one. The sun has one kind of splendor, the moon another, the stars another, and the stars differ from star and splendor. Dr. Harris, by observation astronomically, is that true that we continue to see that stars differ from other stars? Oh, yeah. Dramatically different. The faintest stars are thousands of times fainter than the sun, and the brightest stars are thousands of times brighter than the sun. So we have extreme range of brightness of stars of various kinds that we observe. And and stars do vary. It was not solidly established until we could actually measure the distances to the stars, which began in the mid-1800s using what is called parallax. It made their first measurements using parallax of the distances of stars in the early 1800s. So I guess it was around 1830, 1840, that they made these measurements of the distances of the stars, and that allowed them to say, yes, one star is substantially different in brightness from the other. William Herschel, who did the first real studies of our own galaxy, and it wasn't called a galaxy, it was called a universe, because that's they thought that that was all there was, and uh, Herschel did his studies assuming that all the stars had the same brightness. And that's not true. Incidentally, for those who are confused about this, there are seven different 
processes used to try and measure how far away stars and galaxies are. The closest one, the first one used was parallax. And parallax is a geometry and trigonometry measure. We simply look at where a star is at one time of the year. Six months later, we look at it again. We know the bottom of that triangle, the distance we believe from one side of the sun to the other where the earth is. And then we complete the triangle with that angle. So for the closer stars, we have a fair idea of our good idea of exactly how far away they are. What about singing? Isn't there not uh, some frequency that each star produces that is different as well? That's Job 38.7. While the morning stars sang together, all the angels shouted for joy. People hear that and they think, well, that's just poetic. That doesn't really true. But are there stars out there that make sound? Well, every star is, it seems, is vibrating. We know that many stars are variable in brightness, and that's because they're actually inflating and contracting and changing color over a time scale. There's lots of different kinds of variable stars. Our sun is vibrating with dominant mode. takes about five minutes to occur, and there are others that are much longer and that go all the way through the center of the sun. So we have vibrations that are very low frequencies. You can't hear them with your ear, but they are sounds. They're vibrations, and those vibrations carry into the gas between the stars, and the gas between the stars undoubtedly has vibrations coming from lots of stars. The problem is that it's such a jumble that astronomers would be wasting their time to try and figure all that out. Hmm. But there are radio waves and sounds being made out there. Psalms 19.1, the heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of their hands. Folks, tie that in to the little phrase in the middle of the the Genesis 1 account, and he made the stars also. Also. Why am I fascinated by thinking about those two verses? We have such a great diversity in the words used. In other words, a few words are used to describe something that's tremendously large and beautiful and complex. Yes. Complex is the word I would use. In that little yeah. phrase, he describes the billions of galaxies that we find out there, the the 10 to 25th more than that power stars. What you get is a feeling for the awesome power, majesty, and ability of God. Very different from ourselves. I think one of the things that I love is the scripture that says that he knows them all by name. Mm. That's a lot of stars to know by name. <laughs> it's amazing and it shows God power. I want to close with this one. Deuteronomy 419 And when you look up in the sky and see the sun, the moon, the stars, all the heavenly array, do not be enticed into bowing down to them and worship the things the Lord God has apportioned all nations under heaven. We are not to worship the creation, but the creator. Amen. Yes, sir. We recommend that you check out Terry Reed's book on his website at Why Should You Believe? You can get access to a whole range of Dr. Carl Williams' books on Christian historical fiction on Amazon.com. And we also recommend Scott Lane's new book, What If God Wrote the Bible, which is available on Amazon, Bards and Noble, and everywhere else. Information for creation events in our area are on our website's calendar page. For more information or to schedule a presentation, go to sabsa.org or call 210-599-7240. When you go to our website, you can click on a link to our newsletter. Our website has a link for contact information on which you can order our newsletter to be emailed to you or you can call us. Also go to whyshouldyoubelieve.com. That is Terry's website containing articles looking at current day issues from a biblical perspective. SABSA meets the second Tuesday 
Tuesday of each month at 7 p.m. We are now meeting at Faith Lutheran Church just south of the corner of Jones-Maltzberger in Thousand Oaks. There you will find biblical apologetics and creation science teaching found nowhere else in Bear County, as well as the availability of books and videos on these important subjects. If you missed any part of this show, you can listen to this show anytime by going to the AM630 KSLR, the Word in South Texas website. Click on KSLR Podcast, scroll down until you find Believing the Bible. Please join us again next Saturday for Believing the Bible. I'm Scott Lane, and for Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and Ed Salzwell, thanks for listening, and we hope you found today a reason to believe the Bible. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.